0: Thanks for listening to the Journey podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Today, all across the world, people are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's the hero of heaven. And what Jesus did was He lived on this earth a sinless life for about 30 years. And then He went to the cross. Uh, undeservingly, by the way, went to the cross. He died, he was buried, and on the third day, the Bible says he rose from the grave. And, and it's interesting to me because we think about all those things and we think about why we celebrate. And, and, and it's one of those deals where it all, all those different things prove that Jesus Christ was, in fact, who he said he was. And it, it made me think about it. I was watching a, a show, one of those, like a Mission, a Mission Impossible or an NCIS show. And the the main character was told that they were going to meet this special agent, but they didn't give any description. They, They weren't told what he was going to look like or she was going to look like or how they were going to act or even where they were going to meet. It just took for granted that they were going to meet this special agent. And at that moment, they were going to know exactly who it was. It's interesting because if you think about this thing called Christianity, people for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, have claimed to be the Messiah. And, and, and they didn't come with any proof. They didn't come with, like, that's the agent uh, from heaven. That's the person. that This this is kind of the sealed person that God wants to use. And so how do we know? And it actually goes back to the story. Wouldn't it be easier if... You know, that agent, maybe the NCIS show, maybe if Tony Nozo or Gibbs or Ziva or one of those characters knew exactly what that agent was going to look like. Maybe, maybe if he was told, like, he's going to have long flowing hair and maybe he was going to have one brown eye and one blue eye. Maybe he was going to walk with a limp and his name was going to be truth, that we would understand, they would understand that this is the person they have to listen to. Well, you want to know something? That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened with God. God has given us every detail that we need to understand who Jesus is. The most significant event in history took place the Sunday after Passover, and it it was around 30 A.D., and it's the day that we're celebrating today, the resurrection of Jesus. I I want you to know this. That's the proof. When Jesus was placed in the tomb and everyone assumed that he was dead, and on the third day he rose from the grave, it fulfilled everything. Think about this, the proof. He would be conceived by a virgin. We found that in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. He would be born in the town of Bethlehem, Micah 5, 2. Thousands of years before Jesus ever came to the planet, it was talked about that he would arrive exactly 483 years after the decree was issued that the Jewish people would rebuild the walls and, uh, and their blessed city would be rebuilt. Daniel chapter 9, 25 says that. He would heal the blind and he would heal the deaf, Isaiah chapter 29. He would present himself as the Messiah by humbly riding into Jerusalem. We celebrated Palm Sunday last week. That's found in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. He would be betrayed by 30 pieces of silver, Zechariah, when Judas gave him over. He would be unfairly judged and condemned to die. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 8 and 9 says this. He would be abandoned by his disciples, every one of them walking away. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7 and 9. He would be rejected by his own people, Isaiah 53, 3. He would be crucified, Psalm 22, as an offering for our sins, Isaiah chapter 53. He would be raised from the dead thousands of years before Isaiah wrote about it. And he, though he was a Jew would also become the light to the Gentiles and bring salvation to the whole, whole world. That's Isaiah chapter 49. See, Jesus fulfilled every one of the detailed parts of the plan, and that's why we can believe it. Not only that, there was 300 other messianic or prophecies about this Messiah that he fulfilled. It's one of those deals where Jesus fulfilled every detail of the plan. Matthew chapter 5, 17, we're in this series called Sermon on the Mount, and it literally talks about the fulfillment of those Old Testament stories, those Old Testament writings, those prophecies about the Messiah coming. Matthew chapter 5, 17 is where we landed and kind of left last week, and says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but I have come to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished, meaning that was all given for this one moment in history. Verse 19 says, Therefore anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if you noticed, there was two key statements there. The first key statement was he was the fulfillment of everything. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to be the fulfillment. He came to all those 300 plus things he came to fulfill, proving that he was the agent from heaven, proving that he was in fact the Messiah, the son of God. The other statement is kind of dumbfounding. It says unless your, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the, and the religious leaders of the time. And they were by the law. They were actually, they were a group of people that loved the law. And the law was what their, their standard was. And they kept every, or at least tried to keep every one of those things. And it says, Jesus says, unless your, your righteousness surpasses the, that of the thing, you'll never find righteousness. And, and, but the, the reason that Jesus came was to show the, the world, to show that group of people that righteousness wasn't found in just writings or keeping of the law, that righteousness could only be found The righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees um, also and and often didn't didn't actually talk about the dependence on God, but it was more a dependence on being good. And we realized because of the New Testament that that the only way we could be righteous is by depending on God and what Christ did. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, what we're celebrating today, Easter Sunday morning, sealed the deal. If he remained in the grave, the question of whether or not he was who he said he was, it would even make a difference. It's because of that resurrection that the bold claims that he made all throughout Scripture, let, let me tell you two of them, two bold claims that Jesus made, John 14, 6. Jesus said to them, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes through the Father except for through me. He's saying, listen, you don't go through religious law, you don't go by keeping commandments, you don't go by being a scribe or a Pharisee or religious, you come through me. John ten nine says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go out and, and find pasture. He'll come out and go in and out. It means that's the only way that we can have this righteousness or, 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 or fulfill the things of the law. It's interesting because there was this key line that, that night, that Friday night on the res, of the resurrection. And it makes me think about, you know, what does he really mean? And he makes this line, I don't know if you remember this, but he says, it is finished. Y'all remember that? It is finished. And I bet you there was cries going out all throughout the countryside that heard him say, it is finished. And they thought maybe this moment in time, they were doomed. They thought, well, there was all the hope, everything that they put their trust in. As a matter of fact, if you read some chapters ahead in the book of Acts, there's a couple guys walking down the street and it said they were pondering these things and they were greatly upset because of what had happened. And then Jesus kind of walks in behind them. They don't recognize Jesus. What they were thinking about was all their dreams were dashed that day at the crucifixion. And when they heard Jesus say, it is finished, everything that they had thought about uh, an earthly kingdom, everything they thought about it being something important in the kingdom was dashed. All Everything that they had hoped for was gone. And Jesus kind of you know, kind of enlightens them. And all of a sudden they, they see him for really uh, who he is. And it made me think, so it is finished. It is finished. They hear this. But see, as an English language, we don't understand what it is finished really means. That phrase really means paid in full. It means that everything that he had set out to do, everything that God needed him to do was set, and it was paid in full. That, 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 that righteousness that he had claimed that we are going to be, we sing songs about that, that we're going to be the righteousness of God, it was because he paid it in full. And, and simply put, Jesus' death paid the price for our sins. Through his death, we find forgiveness. And we sing about that all the time. Because he lives, I have a hope in a future. And with his death, Jesus bridged the gap between God and man, that, that, that the creator and creation, the breakdown was there. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection supported that and brought that back together. I love the way the writer of Hebrews says it. It says, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. It'll come back, not to deal with the sin, but to save those who eagerly are waiting for him. His deal sealed it. His, his, his crucifixion, his, his resurrection, fulfilled all the things that Matthew 5 is talking about. The message of the cross is it is finished. The story doesn't end though, right? The story doesn't end on Friday. It, it ends you know, years and years later. As a matter of fact, that's what's so exciting about Easter, Though it is finished, Good Friday, it's all over, seems like an end, Easter Sunday morning, the resurrection of Jesus means that we have a brand new beginning. And there's a passage of scripture that I've been reading over and over and over again over the last several years, and I've been waiting for the moment to really speak about this and talk about this. It's 2 Corinthians five seventeen, and it's everything to do with what the resurrection does for us. Why Jesus and Easter are so important, 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We read that one a lot. And it says, The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him, Jesus Christ, on that cross to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. Now I want you, if you have a notepad, I want you to write this down because this is really, really important. Because of the resurrection, because of what Jesus did, because he was the hero of heaven, because he was the star of the story, but because he rose from the grave, the resurrection, we can, every one of us, we can be made new. That first part, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any was in Christ, the new has come, the old, the old is gone, the new is here. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled himself and gave, him, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, you know what it's like? Just picture this empty canvas. There's not a, not a painting on it. There's nothing been done. And that's what God's done for us. He's given us a brand new, a, a, a blank page that we can paint the rest of our story. That's because we have brand new life. And this only happens when we accept the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every day is a gift. Every day we can have a new start. Every day. And here's the really cool thing. You're not required to go through the rest of your life carrying yesterday's baggage that he came to give us a brand new start. And it doesn't matter what yesterday, the truths of yesterday, who you used to be, an addict, a person that was far from God. It doesn't make a difference because he gives you a brand new page. One of my favorite kind of things, that uh, toys that we played with when I was growing up was a thing called an Etch-A-Sketch. And not many of you probably even remember what an Etch-A-Sketch is. It was this red square that in the middle had this gray kind of almost like an iPad looking idea. But it was sand that was filled in the back and it had two little knobs, and you would kind of scribble things and you can write messages or you can draw a horse that, well, actually it more looked just like circles. But you can do all these different things. But when you made a mistake or if you got done using or, you know, drawing that draw, you can shake it and it would make everything brand new. See, that's what God did for us. There's an etcher sketch kind of verse that's in the Bible. It's 1 John 1 9. It says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He shakes that and he makes it brand new. We have a a brand new page. You know know what it comes down to? It comes down to this thing. Who do you want to be today? Not what you were yesterday. Who do you want to be today? What do you want to be? What, What do you want God to do with your life? He makes us a brand new creation. Here's the second thing I want us to get this Easter Sunday morning. Because of the resurrection, every one of us has a purpose. Every one of us. I hear people all the time, I'm only this. I'm only this. I'm only a school teacher. I'm only a a coach. I'm only a person who works. You are way more than just an only. You have a purpose that God has given. He wants to use that thumbprint, those God-given abilities and talents to make a difference for him. That's what verse 19 says. That is... In Christ God, we were reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. He has entrusted us to be the voice of God to the world that we live in. This this, this is his plan. His plan is that people like you and people like me that are once far from God get close to God and then all of a sudden we're his message. And it says in verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal. It says, God making his appeal, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. The message of reconciliation is basically this. We are all far from God. Because of Christ dying on the cross, now we're close to God. And we have the ability to do that. Um, It's interesting, I've made my life purpose to let people know. As a matter of fact, um, just this past weekend, I had uh, the privilege of being part of a, a funeral service and there's not many funeral services that go by um, that I don't say something, a phrase like this. This is not God's way of saying that He's mad at you. And I've made it a life purpose for people in the world to know that God's not mad at them. As a matter of fact, He loves them so much. We read the scripture. I, I, I quote the scripture earlier. Some people think, for some strange reason, the message of reconciliation is about confrontation, that we have to confront people and we have to have signs and we have to tell people how far they are and how bad they are. And some people think that the message of rec, uh, is more accusational like we accuse people of all the things that we, they, they've done wrong. And some people think that's a message of condemn, condemnation where we just make people feel guilty. Um, I wasn't raised uh, necessarily in a, a home that um, was teaching all the stuff of God. We would go to church a couple times a year. And, and I love going to church. We would go Easter and Christmas and I went through the catechisms and all that. But it wasn't until I was a teenager, 17, 18 years old, where I really... Engaged in knowing who Jesus was, really had that moment, that, that defining moment with Jesus where I was reading the Bible and all of a sudden I read a scripture that talked about how I can be different in God. But I had a youth pastor that used to say two things all the time to us. He would say, Somebody's always watching. Remember, somebody's always watching you. And he would say this, he would say, Just remember always who you represent. You're representing something much bigger. So when we would go on a youth trip, and we would pull in McDonald's uh, in that big bus. We would pull in the McDonald's. He would always get up. And he goes, remember, remember, somebody's always watching you. And remember this, who you represent. And, and it, it made me think all through my life that I'm an ambassador. That's what, that's what the writer of Second Corinthians is saying, that I, I'm, I'm a spokesperson. And I, I should be re- reminding myself all the time who I represent and who's gonna see me because somebody's always watching. So whether it's been in Haiti or the Dominican Republic or right here in my backyard, in Appling, Georgia, or Evans, Georgia. Uh, it doesn't make a difference. I have to be reminded. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't want people walking away thinking, wow, Bobby's a nice guy, or wow, Christians are such friendly people. Instead, I want them walking away going, God brought this person into my life, how good must God be? That, 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 that he, he thought that I was that good that he put an ambassador or somebody to tell the story. I don't want them walking away thinking anything other than that. We need to remember, maybe this Easter, is the best time to start who we represent. And so here's the deal church people. Not right now cuz we're kind of bound to home, but there's going to be a day again that we're we're going to we're going to do, you know, restaurants right after church. When you're thinking and sitting in that restaurant and you're getting ready to write that tip or or whatever you're getting, you know, whatever you're getting ready to do, remember who you represent. Maybe in your workplace, maybe when you're talking to somebody by, you know, the water cooler. And, and they start yapping about somebody else. Remember who you represent. Remember who, who, who's watching. There's always somebody. And how about this? How about when we're talking about other churches or other church staffs? Remember there's somebody always listening. I, I, I love the fact that that's something that doesn't happen very often, if ever, around Journey. That we love the big kingdom and we're about the big kingdom. But think about that. We always represent somebody. Now, let me give you the last thing. Why don't you write this down? we got to really get this. Because of the resurrection... We have unlimited potential, unlimited potential. For our sake, the Bible says in verse 21, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. That word right there means declared right. That means for thousands of years of people tried to earn, they've tried to do penance, they've tried to somehow or another make themselves appealing to God that in that one moment in the cross where he said, it is finished, that we were made righteous. I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's a story at the cross. And you have this one person on one side of the cross, a thief, and you have another one on the other side of the cross. And they're arguing back and forth. They're having this conversation. And he finally says this. He says, one of the thieves says the other, we deserve to be up here, but he doesn't. And he says to Jesus, Somehow or another, in your in your wisdom, somehow or another, in your grace and your mercy, can can you tell me how I can get to heaven? And I I I, this is, I could just vividly think through this whole process. Jesus says this. He said today, because of that little bit of faith on that cross, today you'll see me in paradise. Well, you want to talk about a picture of the battle, the tension that's between every person, that 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 one over here that doesn't deserve and arguing and yelling crucify and, 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 and knowing they get what they deserve and this one over here going, uh, man, grace and mercy. And what Jesus was literally saying in that moment was you are not made righteous by anything you've done in your past that you're going to be made righteous through me, through faith in him. I want to say something. And maybe never, you've never heard this. Maybe you've heard me say this before. We say it a lot. God loves you just the way you are just the way you are, with all your mess-ups, with all your hurts, as CR says, and habits and hang-ups, all those things. God loves you just the way you are. But righteousness, becoming the righteousness of God, means he loves us too much to keep us right where we're at. That there's a pursuing of holiness that God wants us to have. It doesn't matter what what others think of you. It only matters what God can do through you. Think about this. To the world, you may look just like a shepherd boy. You you may look like a little shepherd boy, but to God, you have the potential to be a great king. To the world, you may be a slave in exile, but to God, you have the potential to rebuild walls of the great city. To the world, you may be a foolish dreamer who spent 40 years running away from his failure, but to God, you have the potential to lead a nation out of slavery. And to the world, you may be a cold-blooded killer, but to God, you have the potential to take this message to the ends of the earth to the world you may be brash and impulsive and you may be just the guy who failed Jesus again and again and again but to God you have the potential to be a water walker to to feed his sheep and ultimately to lead his people not because you've done anything but because he lives because he lives because he rose from the grave just like he promised Steven Spielberg a few years ago wrote a movie it was a a blockbuster was called Saving Private Ryan. And it tells a story about an army captain named John Miller. John Miller was commissioned to go get Private Ryan. Uh, His three brothers had died and they were trying to get that one sole survivor back to his mom. And in the process, he took a team of people. And in that process, they came across this bridge that was a strategic place where they had to they had to make sure that they secured it. Well, they got Private Ryan and they're trying to bring him back and they're trying to bring him back and they get, they get, they get kind of ambushed on this, on this bridge. And in that, Captain Miller is fatally wounded. And in that, there's a dialogue between him and Private Ryan. And I remember it it's so vividly. He said, as he's dying, he looks at Private Ryan and he says, Earn it. Earn it. Years later, you go in the movie and James Ryan is standing in a veteran cemetery. And he's overlooking the tombstone of Captain Miller. And he wonders out loud, (laughs) did I earn that great gift? Did I earn the the life lost of Captain Miller? Did I live a life well spent and honor the death of that man? Hey, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ gave his life so that we could be saved. The difference is that Christ didn't put the burden on us to earn it. When he said, it is finished on that cross, it was, I paid the debt. Regardless of how bad, regardless of how far, regardless of the prodigal being a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, regardless of all those things, it was paid in full. You were made right. See, Good Friday... Was kind of an end, but Easter was a brand new beginning. I love this. Verse 21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. That's Easter in a nutshell. That's why it makes Easter Sunday. Whether we're in a church building, or we're on my back deck. That's why it makes Easter so important. The greatest event that ever happened in the history of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. God, in this moment, there's people from every walk of life, every situation, dealing with all kinds of things. Most of us at this moment are homebound. And maybe it's perfect. Maybe it's the best timing in the course of history to have this conversation. Maybe you have made us slow down enough that we would reflect about who we are, what's important in our lives. But most of all, maybe reflect why you came, why you died. And God, right now in this moment, I believe there's people that are watching this video that maybe for the very first time, or maybe they've heard it before, but it's the very first time that they've realized that they could be made brand new. I'm gonna invite you right now in this moment, if that's you, maybe you've never made the decision, or maybe it's the first time you've ever heard this, or maybe you've heard it for all you know most of your life, but today's the day that you realize the truth of the resurrection. I want you to have a conversation with God right now. I want you to tell in in this quiet moment in your house. I want you to have that conversation going, God, I need you in my life. I want to be a brand new creation. I want you to shake that etch-a-sketch and make me brand new. All the mess-ups and the things I've done wrong, I want you, I need them erased. And fathers, today, maybe it's the first time that we've realized that God, you have given us a great responsibility to represent you, to tell the world about you. maybe today, maybe today is the very first time that somebody realized what great potential, what great potential you've given us. All of that. All of that. Because of the cross. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at journeycommunity.net.